Hi, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. We often listen to music in a disconnected stream of different songs. The radio, playlists on shuffle, almost always on the go. Music barely ever gets our full attention, but it does on record time, where we dive deep into some of the best albums ever recorded. So let's give our minds and a little time over to Joni Mitchell and her enchanted album, Court and Spark. And for those who like a liquid accompaniment to their active listening, we've paired this record with a nice chilled Sauvignon Blanc out of Northern California. You can too. Tim. Yes, sir. I didn't really know about this record. Pete, welcome to this record. I, I had no idea what I was in for. I feel very optimistic that uh, you have made a friend for life, as I did Low Those many years ago, because this is a friend for life album. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like I'm still cresting the hill of my level of enthrall and obsession with this album when i find a thing that i'm really into i do tend to dive deep into it and <laughs> the person and everything right. around it and i feel like i've i have quite a ways to go yet before i'll be like okay i'm ready to put this down so uh this was your introduction to this do you not have a lot of sort of breadth in her in the rest of her catalog either Joni mitchell i missed I mean, you can't miss because she's there. She wrote Woodstock. Sure. Uh, Big Yellow Taxi is a song that tugs at my heart every time I hear it. Um, Brilliant. Increasingly so. Um, it's been really revived, I feel like, that track over the last five or ten for years. For obvious I hear, reasons, right? Well, yeah, I suppose so. But even before all this... And I have to say that Both Sides Now is probably one of my all-time favorite songs. <sighs> so there's a lot to talk about in, in, just what, in just your statement right there. Yeah. Um, I had to interrupt you because I needed to get to both sides now because that song. It, it, it's, I remember watching, no, listening to the, have you heard the more recent recording she did? In 2000? So yeah. slow. Yeah. Not down. Yeah. Not down. Not, but, but, not down. But really? Yeah. Because I find her struggle to perform that song with the difficulties in her voice Ah. And the change in perspective, given the lyrics of that song, I find the more recent version of it, the 2000, I guess you're saying, uh, version of it, though obviously musically inferior by miles and like empirically, it is a stunning, brave statement. Okay. Um, I'll do it again. Just given the material of that song. It's It's incredible. I remember it was on in the background of a movie or... TV show or something that I was watching. Okay. And I remember it dawning on me and I left the the movie or show entirely as this thought consumed my head where I was like, I think that's Joni Mitchell. Like, I think that's her. I don't think this is a cover. I didn't right. know what it was. And she's so, I mean, her voice is like mangled almost. Well, it, yeah, that's times. for sure. I didn't even realize it was her at first. Right. I thought it was that's like what, I'm saying. what I thought it was like Edie Gourmet or something like that. Someone who's like <laughs> right, right. really way past where they they had no business singing the song. Right, but and that it, had everything to do with me having such a precious association with the song. Right, I didn't know it was Joni. 
but it becoming her in your yeah. mind, doesn't that make it transcendent? Yeah, it does. Especially it's, because, yeah, I really, yeah, she the risk. claims ignorance even at this late age, and it's like all this time has gone by, and I still... Right, but she's literally saying she's she's providing... when So when both sides now came out, it yeah. was this young, optimistic voice yeah. at the beginning of life but still, singing about this thing. And now she really is looking at it from both sides because now she's beyond all that. She's looking back on a life. Oof. And so the clouds, even more than before, yeah. obviously, in this un attainable way the same way we talked about so much in the in uh the suburbs right right that's what she's singing about now it changes the meaning of the song and makes it that much more potent that's great it's Good. unbelievable okay I'll, i will listen to it again with that in mind please i mean i figured out it was Joni by the time the, the, i finished listening to it but yeah that original song and it and that's yeah, the original version is just so spectacular. Unbelievable. Um, but though I think I confess that the first version I heard was the Judy Collins version. So it's okay. hard to think of that song without hearing the the precious Judy Collins arrangement, which is too fast and, and whatever. But anyway, yeah. my experience with Joni Mitchell uh, is of her being amongst the panoply of the 60s and 70s and 80s. Yeah. And um, I'm really... I, I feel like I missed her, mm-hmm. um, though I knew she had some hits. But I have to say that I always found her a little bit impenetrable. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Joni Mitchell seems to like be on her own place over here to the side. Right. Um, where I feel like she needs a certain... There is a barrier to entry with some of her material that I feel like I never quite... Um, just never quite breached. And one of the reasons I was excited to dive into this record for record time was because it... I felt like I've got to, I got to dive into Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Like I, at some point, I have to figure wrap my head around this person. Right. Um, so I'm glad that we have this opportunity. I'm really glad we did it with this record uh, because I listened to the rest of her catalog. Yes. And this record stands out. Well, most certainly, this is the the brilliant sort of hinge between you know her sort of initial straightforward folk personality and the the really remarkable orchestrations and and who's like know, jamming with Jaco Pistorius <laughs> yeah m- music of the mind kind of stuff like Hajira and these insane songs that like I yeah. don't understand yeah. how they could ever be created or captured but they are so brilliantly yes but this is an accessible album this album doesn't suffer from that but I have to say this album is it's super weird you know, like it's not an accessible album. I don't think. Well, it's the songs <laughs> and the subject matter and the um, just the musical shapes of this of these songs. They're just more tangible songs than Hijira. Than Hijira, for it, sure. Yeah, there's there's sort of it progresses as an album, not as a you know series of waves of you know right. layers of, of just like sound and cacophony <laughs> right, and whatever. Right. But right. I, yeah, you're right. It, it is more song form, yeah. but it's like out there song form. Um, yeah. This is like in a lot of sense, like freeformed. A, it's a prog record. Yes. You know, like as a dude who yeah. grew up on prog, like how did I miss Joni Mitchell? But I never would have considered Joni Mitchell to be that level of nerd mm. that scratched the same itch as prog. Like this is a prog album without the hobbits. Wow, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it really is. It has different time signatures. It has every instrument under the sun. Yeah. It has crazy complex arrangements. I mean, down to you. Good God, yeah. that song is not a song. It's a piece of music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's these like, are gorgeous. And there's several of them like that. There are several like that, yeah. and it's really a remarkable thing. And you listen to, I listen to Blue quite a bit. Yep. Um, Unbelievable Since then, album. I think Carrie is my favorite song. It's in my head all the time. Which um, one? Sorry. Carrie, get out your cage. Yes. Sure. Um, Beautiful. But that album, like, 
you know, reading about Joni Mitchell, like it's in everyone's top hundred lists and it's blah, blah, blah. The best woman um, album by a woman in the yeah. 20th century, blah, 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 on and on. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I feel like it pales in comparison to Court and Spark. Court and Spark is I've always felt that way. Rich I really have. And special and quirky and honest and intimate. And you think of, you talk about both sides now in 2000 of a, about a woman looking back at her life and. Yeah. What a life she's led. If, if Even already at this point. Yeah, by the pictures that she paints in yeah. Court and Spark, she yeah. is a very deep thinker, a very deep feeler, a very old soul who has had a lot of really interesting... But a very forward-thinking oh, woman. I mean, a very... Um, a, a, a feminist in a way that is, I think, a little bit different than, than feminism has become now. And um, maybe was at that... And, and certainly was at that time, I think. Yeah. You know, well ahead of her time. We've probably progressed past this, a lot of these portraits and the and the priorities or whatever. But um, yeah, I feel like it's there. I, I feel like that feminism is established in it, a pretty extraordinary It's a picture of an independent way. woman in, in charge of her own destiny, having her own relationships, like not, you know, <laughs> you know having the same heartache and, and pratfalls that everybody else does. But right. owning her experience and owning herself and, you know, owning her quirks <laughs> yeah and and i have to say that's where i feel really lucky about when i met this album because i i met this album uh either freshman or sophomore year of college and um i was just so grateful for it because i was just so scared of how to i mean i was a scared kid for a long time in my life as, as far as how to deal with other people uh so you know songs like people's parties were like, oh my God, thank God. So I, I, yeah, this is how literally how I feel. Wow. Uh, and so it gave me unbelievable validation and sort of confidence that I wasn't, you know, that I could spot the other people who felt that way because I, I, these characteristics that I felt like might only be mine yeah. or, or the, the things that stressed me out about situations that I thought might only be me. This was another person saying that, you know, I feel that way too, or not even I feel that way too, but I, this is how I feel. And I recognized it so much that it gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. She's just um, saying, this is my experience. Yeah. And then you, and, and offering that to you and you then resonate with it like, holy crap, this is mine too. Uh, that people's parties particularly is a beautiful, yeah, beautiful painting. Yeah. And you say that this is a uh, extraordinary album uh, musically. I think lyrically it is, Absolutely staggering yeah, at times. It is. It is. Um, Again, back to down to you. Yes. We texted about this. You right. sent me a right. text. What a, it, and uh, uh, it I think it was clutching the night to you like of, a fig leaf. Yes. Uh, you hurry to the blackness and the blankets to yeah. lay down yeah. an impression and your loneliness. I mean. Oof. And that section of that song where it gets all sort of murky and... You know, you think it's going to go in a certain direction, then it, it leads you down a dark alley. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to down to you. Yeah. Uh yeah, in the, in the song by song. We'll, in the song, we'll get there. We'll get let's, there. Let's not spoil the song by song. No, 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 definitely. Um, though I have to make a note of something you said earlier when you, you said that this this album was a bridge from her, uh, what you said like sort of more traditional traditional folk, yeah. folk days to the really out there stuff. Yeah. And I have to say, like having even listened to her material from her first record, yeah, she, there's not much about her that's really traditional. F- fair. I just mean in in this. When I think of Big Yellow Taxi, I think of that as a fairly traditional. Yeah, and both stri- sides now. It's an ambitious one, yeah. but um, it's a traditional folk song to some extent. To you, some extent, right, it is. She's always 
she's always messing with things. Her, she's yeah. over here. Yeah. Um, and she is as adept at the guitar as she is at the piano. Yep. And and the things that she does in both instruments are not the normal things that people do. Well, so there's there's all of the references to mainstream fo- uh, folk and pop and later yeah. jazz and prog and and um, you know, fusion and stuff like that are all all there so there's a familiarity i mean like it's in the western pop tradition right but all of it is sort of i feel like she's the like folk singer equivalent of a coen brothers movie you know <laughs> like you go to a coen brothers yeah. movie it's like oh it's a western but it's like but it's not a western right it's and playing it's, with larger brushes and it's with their particular stamps and their quirks yeah you know always present <laughs> And so even though it's like it feels traditional or at least it, it you you meet it in this way that you feel like, okay, I'm coming to this from some common ground, like immediately yeah. you go somewhere different and unique and, and perfectly personal. Yeah. And I feel like that was one of the things that to me was a barrier to entry to Joni Mitchell because I, I didn't quite know how to kind of get behind her weird phrasing mm-hmm. uh, and the weird way her, her, her music goes. I mean, I feel sort of the same way about Cat Stevens. Okay. Um, and I feel like maybe we'll have to do a Cat Stevens album sometime sure. for, to give me the opportunity to, I mean, that's, I should just do that anyway, but, right. uh, but um, it, it, I feel like it's another one where like, there's, yeah, of course I know Peace Train and of course, you know, uh, Wild World is, is a devastating song, Yeah. but there's a lot of his stuff, like uh, listening to an album of his start to finish, like I can't quite do it. Right. And it's because I haven't gotten below the surface. Um, and, and. Yeah. With Joni Mitchell, I would say, like, with record time being an, a celebration of albums and a celebration of artists um, and about taking the time to sink in and sink yeah. into that hot luxuriate. and just luxuriate in it, give this one a couple spins. Yeah, I'd agree. Give it a couple spins. Let it have its way with you. And again, I don't know how many times I've listened to this record and live versions I've found on YouTube and everything else. And I'm like, I'm not done with it at all. I'm now nowhere near done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you ever will be. Uh, this is a, as I said, this is a best friend album. Yeah. This one, um, the the more your life changes, the the more you enjoy. I think revisiting this person. Um, man, do I love this person? I, I I don't know if this is a direct representation of literal. You know, I don't know if this is a diary of uh, Joni Mitchell's. Or if this is a character or a series of characters that she has created, obviously some amalgamation is the most likely. Yeah. Whoever this person is, I love this person, and I've always loved this person, and I always will. I've grown to. Yeah. I've grown to. I didn't quite get her before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. If you... I just mean specifically on this album. Oh, yeah. Like, like if I think of the story of this album, if I think of this as one... As, as a series of events that a person has gone through in a yes. journey, which I tend to, aside from the sort of goofball dessert, you know, pieces <laughs> at the end of the record. Um, yeah, which which I have different relationships with at different times. Sometimes I get really annoyed that those tracks are there. Sometimes I'm really happy that they're there. Sometimes well, it's really, yeah, 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 yeah. Over the years. Right. But but yeah, this is, uh, this is just one that I always love spending time with like an old old friend yeah and it's a yeah, new friend for me but just as yeah luxuriate is is a great word to use so january 1974 january 1st uh january oh wow yeah um like done pretty quick she had she had uh had the success of blue she had one other record and then she took a little time off to kind of write this yeah. um 
And then it took about a year. Yeah. Yeah. And she hired the LA Express, yep. which was a fusion band made up of all of these like session heavyweights, John Guerin on drums, who played with all kinds of people. I knew about him from, <laughs> from you know, back in the prog days being obsessed with Frank Zappa, and I knew oh, that wow. he played with him. Um, of course, Larry Carlton on guitar, who plays who played one of my all-time favorite guitar solos uh kid charlemagne on steely dan oh my so, god like, i didn't even know that heavyweights and hold on i'm just gonna zoom this page and and i feel like this it's the la express like this this album is a quintessential 1970s la sound it yeah. sounds like a steely dan record yeah totally it's got that really kind of i mean it's they're all just at the top of their form they're all amazing i mean joe sample plays on uh raised on robbery he's a he's a hugely famous fusion keyboard dude wow um tom scott was yeah did as a sax player um and who helped do all the arrangements and that's one of the things that i think is so amazing about this record is that Joni mitchell did most of the arrangements so this like this album has chimes it has harps it has woodwinds it has all kinds of every kind of horn it's got rich string sections i mean the one thing it doesn't have is like a synthesizer right I didn't hear a single electronic instrument except for the uh, the wow wow and raised on robbery and there's yep. a Fender Fender Rhodes in there. And there's everything. a Fender Rhodes. Joni Mitchell did all that shit. Yeah, and she all of her guitar are tunings are like open G and like weird tunings. Every she, I, I am just in awe of her musicianship. You sent me the concert uh, that she toured uh, this album. Yeah, uh, this was at uh, Royal Albert. No, the New Vic. <clears throat> the New Victoria. Yeah, in 1974. In 1974. You know, I figured out that that concert that you sent me was the day after I was born. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, though I was born in the States, so right. I guess it doesn't matter all that's that much. Fine. Oh, I'll have a little more wine. Thanks. My analyst told me. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great show, and it's with the LA Express, and they just jam out on the whole thing. And that's what I love is that the, the effortless chops that these yep. musicians have, like especially Guernan's drums, I just love so much. He just slides all over the kit, and everything lands so perfectly, and everything is beautifully in the pocket. Yeah. And I feel like she, she collected a, a group of musicians where you, she could throw anything at them, yeah. and they would do it with that just effortless feel. And you just listen to some of the bass parts that are in there. They're just like all over the place. And I don't know how you, how you instruct someone to play like that, but to Boy. be all over the place, and they still just feel... Awesome. Yeah, it must. She must have just allowed people to find their own way through it because it's such an intricate album. But she has to have a vision, like, right? All of those like quick time changes and 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 uh, rich arrangements and the the instruments drop out and come back again. All done before the click track. All recorded to tape. Yeah. Probably a lot of it live. Yep. I mean, there's you know based on the credits, there's a lot of stuff that's overdubbed, like uh, you know a lot of the um, or- orchestral arrangements. But right. the core band is playing all together. I was pretty impressed. Uh, you know, I was very apprehensive when you sent me the live link. Mm. Uh, that I did. I want to spend you know two hours with such an intricate album that I know every square inch of, like the back of my hand. And like you but said, you don't you you get set I, on that. Yeah, version. I get group well after. You know, twenty five years. Twenty five years yeah. of of uh, doing it. Yeah, I'm 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 entrenched. Um, so I was a little skeptical that that live show was going to be enjoyable, but I really thought it was. I really was impressed with how Good. they did with it. Now you mentioned to me that you had you observed something interesting about Joni's like uh, posture or whatever when she was singing, just like her their physical approach to singing. Oh, it wasn't her posture so much as just how part of it. Let's be honest. Her face is strikingly long. Yeah. Is, you know, I was amazed at how she used her mouth, 
how how much more closed it was than I would have expected to be. Given the tone yeah. that I hear on this album, it, it just seemed like somebody singing out wide. I, I, I really can't explain it, but I was struck with how she just, the sound was coursing out of her and she controlled it with her mouth, with her lips, you know, to to a crazy degree. To You're me. right. It did seem like there was a lot of activity there. Yeah. Right. Um, That's interesting. I just wouldn't have expected that to be the way the person singing these songs would look. It's it's strange. Also, it made me realize how strange it is to have such a long relationship with an album. I've never seen it performed. Right. You That's cool. I mean? Well, I'm good. Yeah. I'm glad you neat. did. It was really cool. Yeah. And they sound awesome. Oh, God. And yeah. they just pick up everything. I mean, you, you miss nothing. Zero. There, there's. I mean, it's a little bit looser, but it's still it's live. It feels. Yeah, great. it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's often, a, often in my experience, what happens with live stuff is the music is sort of better, but a little harder to follow, and the singing mm-hmm. is usually worse. Usually worse, and not true with her. Right, not true. With and her let's at just all. talk about her voice for a minute. Uh, just in general, you know, another place like I knew, like she always just seemed like a fake girl singer. I'm sorry, you know, and maybe yeah. that's just my male prejudice growing up listening to, you know, like male music. Right. <laughs> right. That I felt like she didn't necessarily compete, but I just didn't get it. I wasn't mature enough to get it. And I didn't really realize what kind of instrument that she had with yeah. her voice until really sinking into this album and hearing all the different things that she's able to do with it. Right. Um, from one song to the next, from one moment to the next. Yeah. Uh, she is in complete command yeah. of her vocal instrument. Yeah. And she has a beautiful level of expressiveness. I feel like she scoops too much. Right, there's right. a lot of that. Well, she's into that at this moment. Into at her least. melodies. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff in this record. Yeah. Um, so I get some of it's fatiguing. Um, but I, my gosh, the level of expression and emotion and beautiful, clear tones yes. she's able to get. And she can go from barely a whisper yep. to fronting. Uh, you know, a rowdy barn burner yeah. with Raised on Robbery yep. and sound wonderful all the way and everywhere. In Super clear lyrically as well. Yeah. Concise with her voice. We talked a lot about Willie Nelson's instrument and how amazed I was to sort of meet that. Yeah. It sounds like you're kind of reverse here where that's a thing I was always sort of tuned into, at least with Joni Mitchell. But Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, But then let's, you know, her phrasing. Yeah. Her phrasing and her lyric writing or I think one of the things that I always found to be um, part of the interface to her that I found difficult to get. because, And I assume that it's just her personally and her taste and the way she writes. Obviously, some of her early stuff isn't quite as much like this, but she likes to cram a lot of syllables in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't, she doesn't stay to the meter, uh, but in a way where everything sort of feels like it gets sort of jammed up in her mouth. Um, I don't know how... how if I can describe that better than that, but her mm. phrasing is quirky. It's odd. It, it, she has lots of words that she shoves in. And, uh, I don't know. There's something about that, that for a while, like I just, I had a hard time getting past. Do you watch, uh, I forget if you're a West wing fan. Uh, I've seen a few episodes, but I, it's a, I've heard they're rebooting it actually. Oh Did my God. About that? Stop teasing me. No, I, I'll find the link. Um, Stop it. But I would, uh, I, I, Holy everyone I know shit. loves that show and it's just a thing that I haven't done yet. So but there's yet, a thing that happens in, in the West Wing. The reason I, I ask, um, it's not really germane. <laughs> That's fine. Go on. <laughs> but, but, uh, but this point is there's a thing that happens in West Wing episodes, really good ones, where they talk about a thing and you don't really know what it is. Uh, and they, s- sort of explain spend the rest of the episode explaining it oh. and by the end of the episode you sort of know 
Okay. And I sort of feel that way about some of her lyrics at times when they fly by the way you were describing. That it's almost this thing that you 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 just don't get as it happens, as it flies by. But by the end of the song, or even a few moments later maybe, given the clarity of the other things she's saying, you manage to sort of piece it together for yourself by the end of it, um, if you give it the time. Okay, yeah. I, I see what you mean. I certainly see that about her lyrics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All I'm talking about is lyrics. Yeah, I think, you know, getting getting acquainted to her voice and her vocal style and the way she writes yeah. and phrases a melody that she sings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just something that you have to get used to as someone's individual sort of cadence. Right. Uh, and hers is unique. And, and she is unapologetically so. Yeah. Again, I feel like everything, everyone is busy doing all their music in the, here in the middle in the mainstream. And she's just sort of off on the side. Right. Just killing it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> for anyone who wants to walk over away from the major bandstand, but she played major bandstand, so it's unfair. I mean, for me to say that she's some marginalized figure, but uh, I don't mean to imply that. Right. It, it, it's just stylistically, yeah. there is just a bubble around her that you have to, a, a membrane that you have to walk through. And then once you're inside, it is, uh, yeah, you don't want to leave. Well worth being here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to leave. Um, so I'm trying to think anything else that we want to say about the record. Like this is, well, we it's right in keeping with so much other stuff that was happening in the 70s. Yeah. You know, again, yeah, all kinds of jazz rock was coming up. All, pop music had a lot of interesting structure to it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think uh, the, yeah, there, there, there was, it was, Help Me was a hit. Yep, yep. It's still, <laughs> um, I think it remains her biggest, right? Yeah, it is yeah. her biggest hit. Uh, yeah. Raised on Robbery was a single that, that was released before the album came out. Right. And that, that got played on the radio. What, what a misleading single that we talked <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, like, really the first song like that in her career. Right. Yeah. And and just practically irrelevant to the rest of the album. Totally. Practically. Yeah. Yeah. Practically. I mean, thematically, I don't know, it fits. It's kind right. of funny. And that some of the same things happen. There's like, well, well, you know, her storytelling structure is something to discuss. Right. Um, but uh, let's see. I mean, the the real the, the only song I really knew from this record was Free Man in Paris. Yeah. And that's, again, thanks to Radio Paradise. Right. Because uh, that's in their playlist. Yeah. Um, but even that, you just hear that doot, doot. Like, there's just things about her songs that are, I don't know, just sometimes hard to penetrate, yeah. hard to get in there. Uh, uh, but let's get in there. Should we well, talk about Well, the last thing I would say about the yeah. album uh, before we dive into the song by song is, you know, we and we talked about this over text. I, you know, I kind of started researching it and, and kind of excited to find out all the crazy stories or, you know, mysteries behind the album or source material or anything like that you know like the way we talked about redheaded stranger coming from those lullabies yeah and it was basically like you know she had done really well she took a year off she wrote an unbelievable album got a bunch of rock stars together and recorded it and that's the story yeah unceremoniously (laughs) showed up and just beat the shit out of art for a little while like Mm -hmm. just did it and then toured on it all over the place yeah and and just (laughs) <laughs> just produced this unbelievably gorgeous piece of work. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's pretty. pretty oh, it's great. a wonderful thing. I I really have an admiration for people who are unassumingly awesome. Mm. You know, like yeah, I'm trying to think of a good analogy to this, but sometimes the people who kind of come up front and say that they're the best and are the cock of the walk and yeah. throw all that machismo out there. Like, are fun, big figures, but there is just something to be said with people who are 
just going about their business kicking ass. Knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to an exercise class and you can be next to the big tough guy who's going <laughs> through everything. Right. But then you look to the other side and someone is just like moving through it and killing yeah. it. And yeah. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's certainly <laughs> to me, I admire here. that more. Like that's, that's the level of expertise and peerlessness that I aspire to. Yeah. Oh, like, I think you've achieved it. <laughs> that's I nice. think you've achieved it. How kind. Uh, all right. Song to song. Let's talk about her life here in song uh, or like a snapshot at the time. Um, or, or at least whatever, whoever this was, if it's her or somebody she's writing. Yeah, who knows? You know. But it, it really sets the tone for the record, Court and Spark. Um, I feel like this one draws you in right away, has it goes on a little journey, has a whole, it's a full story. Yeah. And, and it ends up being a template for a lot of the songs on the record in some way. Yeah. Now, uh, a couple things I think, you know, I think what she establishes here, and it's funny reading all the reviews of this album at the time uh, and sort of thinking about the themes that happen on this album. This is probably one of the most balanced albums. I mean, I think it's literally about balance, uh. right? It's court and spark. It's um, freedom and attachment. Uh, it's like all these no. what does she say the lyrics and down to you again back to that you're you know you're good yeah. and bad yeah yeah the, it, everything about that every subject in this album is about the balance of the thing right yep. it's never just about a thing it's about this side of it and that side of it in some respect um and and that's true of the music as well you know it's filled with harmonies that are sort of reinforcing that theme um throughout uh and so uh, and, and she establishes, she calls it, the album is Court and Spark, the title of the first track is Court and Spark, and is it not, I think it's not in Court and Spark when she actually sings when there's so much magic, when there's so much spark, or is it? And there's so much spark and so much sweetness in, in the, the dark. dark. One of my favorite lines of the album, sorry, that's, that's from Car on a Hill. That's from Car on a Hill. And it's so just she like, says every this. time I hear that line, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and And so we're... Show me, yeah, Car on a Hill. So that's the heart of the album. That's the first song on the second side. And I just think that it is an incredible song. No question. Yeah. But this phrase, Court and Spark, yeah. uh, is referred to right there again. And, I've, and yeah, I, and I, I swear to God, she says spark in that song, unlike any single solitary word she sings in any other song on the album. Interesting. She hits it, and I was waiting yeah. on that concert for her to perform Car on a Hill and to see if she would hit it as hard as she hit it. And? And she did. She really reared up and hit it. And so... um, I see that again then. I love the performance of Car on a Hill in in that live show. Me too. I wanted to hear how they did that arrangement and they kill it. Yeah. Uh, It is is a remarkable song and I think not until we dove into this album did I really understand it. I I don't think I gave it the thought it deserved for a long time. What a feeling that is. I think I sold that song short until we we dove. Wonderful depiction. years I did. Wow, that's great. I mean, this is why we're here. Right, exactly. I really really met that song for the first time uh, as we did this. I'm so glad. Yeah. That's great because it is a gem. But anyway, back to Court and Spark. Yeah. Um, the, The story about this sort of freewheeling dude who is out there frolicking amongst the meadows trying to find a lady right. uh, and comes across our heroine, yep. be it Joni or someone else, right. 
and getting entangled. Um, yep. Setting Same. screw it, yeah. Uh, setting mean, up the theme, you know, a recurring theme in this record. Right. I mean, really, where probably where she was in her life at the time, you know, in, enjoying success, enjoying freedom, um, having experiences. <laughs> yeah. And the song, you know, this album is all about those sort of experiences that you have when you, you know, yeah, are successful and unattached. I don't think she was attached at the time. I know she was married earlier. I don't know. I, I this song always brings me back to Coyote, which is an unbelievable song of hers. Do you know it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it just feels like this um, sort of Coyote feels like this angry response to that, mm-hmm. while this feels like the a, a, a fond remembrance of the better parts of that experience. Yeah. Um, and again, that that you know harkens back to this sort of balance theme because it's to me there's companion pieces and references to her other work um but yeah i i i i love love this curtain up sort of tiptoe at the beginning it's very scattered at the beginning a lot of our albums yeah have had these declarations of themselves right away and i think this is no less an artistic declaration this is absolutely a declaration. but it's musically so much more tender and it's intimate subtle yeah. and it lets you know that you're in for something uh, of that ilk right? yes. that that's this is going to continue this is this is a, an intimate portrait and she treats you gently yes. um you know it's a beautiful piano figure that begins it it's yep. you know you have a, a couple little repeated lines you you hear that there's structure to it there's a little it goes to different places yeah um you know you have that big bridge in the middle where the drums come in and then it kind of drops out in the in the twist ending yeah where she you know <laughs> where she's the one who decides to sort of break it off because she can't get let go of la right um it she, it she shocks you at how it ends. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like it, it. It's yeah, it's not a real where cutoff. I expected it to go at all. Nope. I expected him to move on. Yeah. You know, onto yep. somebody else and break her heart. Uh, but in this case, it goes the opposite direction, and the music takes a dark turn there. Yeah. And that that is like you say that sort of balance. The light and the dark is really something that we experience a lot yep. on this record. And and it, it she gently introduces you to some of the musical concepts that she's doing and that the band is going to shift and, and lyrical. move and lyrical concepts. Yeah. yeah and thematic yeah. for sure. Yeah. But the, the energy is going to rise. It's going to come back down. It's going to take left turns where yeah. you don't expect it to hard left. It, yeah. And I, I it, it's all really deliberately chosen and beautifully performed. And the band is right there for every emotional twist and turn. Yeah. That little, what is it? Just a harmonica? No, it's like a trumpet. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. it's so sunny. You're right. It's so sunny uh, up against the dark turn that it takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you have like the chimes coming in at the end to yeah. sort of like set it as the as really, you know, yeah, the city of the fallen angels. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Um, g- creating a certain regal nature to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, they, her... When I every time I listen to these songs, I'm I'm trying to imagine like what's going on in her mind. What is the picture that she wants to paint with the notes and the instrumentation yeah. that she's putting down on us? And it's all really carefully chosen. And I, and and she does that in this song to give you a little bit of a breath to allow you to to have a moment in your mind with each verse. Yeah, I feel like the arrangement. <coughs> excuse me. I feel like the arrangement of the horns and everything in that regal ending of Court and Spark just is this musical representation of an L.A. sunset. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just over the rocks on, on Highway 1. and Nice. You know, it just, it takes me right there super quick, super easy. Yep. 
And then from there, it takes you into uh, uh, Help Me, which is kind of funny because the way it begins, it, it's the, the guitar part is a little bit sort of frenetic. The You think it's going to be this sort of fast-paced, guitar-driven song. Yeah. And then when those beautiful, slippery drums come in, it becomes like a 70s sex jam. Yeah. <laughs> I think I really... I, I think I have access, unless I'm just fooling myself, I think I have access to how it felt to hear that for the first time, because I think, and I, and I think the way you described it is so correct that it it starts to sound like Big Yellow Taxi or something just much more accessible and standard and well known, and it turns into this, you know, Wizard of Oz moment of going from black and white to color. Yes, with the instrumentation that comes in after that fill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I I I feel like I can remember hearing that and being like. Oh, oh my goodness! Like we are nowhere near where I thought we were going to be. And she throws those those curveballs at you again yeah. and again and again. And it really, really hooked me. I yeah, mean, I, I was in for the rest of the album at that point. Oh, that's great. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and this has that like that super seventies jazz rock feel. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Steely Dan. Yeah, totally. It, it does. sounds like all so many session uh, musician backed. Yeah. Um, pop rock songs uh, of the time, but yet with that Joni Mitchell stamp. Uh, and this is one of the songs that, uh, um, spoiler alert, this is the one that we're, we're covering. Yes. Uh, and I, you know, I sang along with it as I was kind of putting together the backing track, and this song is a bear Yeah. to sing. Yeah. Well, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to the end, and you will hear for yourself. Um, maybe not as hard as rapping, I guess, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, but this, this is one of those songs where that her really quirky phrasing comes through and she's sort of just like, you know, like a rap album, just sort of tap dancing over the top of, of, of the, this wonderful slinky seventies groove, um, and adding all the humanity to it that it needs. And there's no meat on the bone either, even though she's dancing around and doing whatever she's, she's occupying this song completely. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And there's no room for anything other than... In my, I mean, this is how I feel about it. We sort of talked about it. Anything other than what she's doing. Like, there's no real shape uh, to give this. I, it, it makes me... You know, well, the one thing I forgot to bring up earlier... Maybe we... I don't know. Go ahead. You mentioned Woodstock. Yeah. That she wrote Woodstock. Yeah. I think one of the weirdest things about Joni Mitchell is that, at least insofar as I'm concerned... Her version of Woodstock was terrible. Yes, I, I, it, I've. There are not a lot of songs I like less than her version of that song. Well, especially when you stack it up against the Crosby, Stills and Nash version. That Crosby, Stills and Nash version, which is one of the dopest <laughs> tracks ever. Put absolutely to, yeah. astonishingly yeah. good. Yeah, and she wasn't there, and they were. Yeah, and there's just nothing I like about the Joni Mitchell version. Nothing. Yeah, it sounds like a demo. It sounds yeah. like something that she tossed off. I don't know why they released it. And um, I just, I don't know. Whatever. I've heard it over the years and figured it was just one of those archive releases that were were put out. Yeah. Um. To to me, the CSM version thought. is the definitive. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't know what we make of that. That her her song, you know, her song was so bad. Even though I can't imagine anybody covering her music. Yeah. I know. know I mean, let's think about that right now. Can you think of a Joni Mitchell cover except for Big Yellow Taxi, Black Crows? Which no, Black Crows. Sorry, Counting Crows. Get out of my my face with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. That was, uh, wow, what a faux pas I made. And, and you know, another terrible cover. They did nothing with oh, that song. Oh, it's awful. They, they did less they than the Lemonheads did it. with Mrs. Robinson. Oh, and I like that. I do too. It's a fun jam. But they barely did anything to it except just give it a little jangle. And just played it. Yeah. Like human beings. They just knocked it out. That Counting Crows thing sounds like a robot put it out. It really. It's awful. Makes me mad. Yeah. And people went crazy for it. Guys, Mm -hmm. why did you do that? Yeah. Well, if it made anyone listen to the original version, then good. Because, yeah. Sure. I guess. I guess. But anyway... I just remember when that was a big radio hit, or I guess right after that was a big radio hit, walking around in countless grocery stores and CVSs yeah. and getting all psyched that I was about to hear Joni Mitchell do Big Yellow Taxi and then realizing it was them and being like, like ah. <laughs> so wait, did we, did we cover what you wanted to say about Woodstock in terms of like that cover? Yes. Yeah, but you're I, right. Just like how no one could ever cover her music except... Woodstock, yeah, where her version is horrible, and they just decimate it. <laughs> yeah, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I don't know if they have a better song than that. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, 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 don't I don't know if they have a better vocal performance. No. Yeah, but help, real. Yeah, help me. You know, to get back to that. H- yeah. Help me as an extension of one of the things that I really love about Both Sides Now. One of the reasons I love Both Sides Now so much. Yeah. Is because it is like the it is a beautiful elaboration. Of like the quintessential, I guess it's probably like Nashville songwriting style. Okay. Where like, it's a complete story. And you have a chorus, which has some, you know, element that you come back to every time. Yeah. But every time you come back to it, you come at to it from a different angle. Yeah. You know, it's clouds. Help me has that. What's that? Help me has that. Help me has that. Yeah, totally. But she also like takes it to another place where the parts that come back are not like a traditional chorus. It's like she introduces the verse and ends the verse with yeah. the thing, the repeated motif. Yes. And then everything in the this, the meat of the sandwich is different every time. Yep. And by the time you get to that last version of, you know, not like we love our freedom, it is a twist of the knife. Yeah. You know, at yeah. first you're like, oh, you know, two freewheeling people in the 70s. Right. Like, you know, we can have our fun and then move on. And then by the end you feel the pain yeah. of that. Yeah. And Again, so the help the me becomes a help me of like true emotional angst. And <laughs> right. it's not the only song. There's a lot of songs on this record yeah. where a wonderful relationship is established. Well, maybe not so much in Raised on Robbery, but the same <laughs> thing happens. Right. By the end, it, it falls apart. Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 one of the reasons I like Help Me is because I feel like Joni Mitchell is a master of that sort of storytelling motif that I think is really common in like country music. Yeah. And Both Sides Now is almost like a template for it. Um, Both Sides Now really is a, a country song in that respect. I've never really thought of it that way. That's a really, really nice yeah. way to look at the structure of that song. Yeah, it is absolutely that, that template. And Help Me is a fun, you yeah. know, sort of corollary to that. Yeah, and it's also this beautiful expression of this, like, teenage angst, uh, you know... <laughs> destiny it's our fate that we're gonna fall for this person you know that becomes such a like adolescent theme uh that it it, i just i bought into it so hard because i was still sort of feeling that yeah right and you're in that place yeah yeah i was totally in that place right and you didn't want to fall for someone you know like you wanted to just have your fun (laughs) but but oh but oh my gosh look at this person we're we're destined yeah help we've got to this is gonna happen didn't, you know, it, like, didn't it feel good? Yeah. And I feel like she's really just like copping to the music of the time, the sort of R&B soul hits that were happening. Didn't it feel good? Yeah. Um, 
making reference to that as like the just unapologetic, like going for the good feeling and not worrying about the emotional stuff. And then later that kind of comes back. (laughs) And I have to say, I was surprised to see uh, watching her perform this song, how relatively businesslike she was through that lyric. Yeah. Um, This was not a personal at least at that point anymore, she was just singing the song. Oh, she was killing it. Yeah. But it was, I didn't see like, you know, you hear this and you have this relationship in your head with this person and you see this joy and this, you know, she's so flighty at that point. Like her voice is just soaring in yeah. these different places. And so you imagine this is a person caught up in the ecstasy of their story and their memory. And she's just singing it doesn't take a lot of effort for her. It sounds like it's the hardest work in the world to me as a singer, <laughs> but she's just, you know, singing it. It's just coming out. Yeah. I mean, she's incredible. Yeah, it has a little distance from it in the yeah. live version. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the studio version, she's really it, it feels like she's really in that moment. But it doesn't lose anything emotionally. She's just that accustomed to this. Yeah. This is not a first remembrance. Oh, her. interesting. But as we listen to it, it's a first rem- it, it comes across as a first remembrance. Right. But it's what you're really incredible the- acting. Yeah. It's basically acting on her part. It's voice acting. Yes. Through song. Yeah. It's really remarkable. I really think that's one of her gifts as a singer. Absolutely. That she can really put you in that place. I, I strongly agree. Especially on an album like Hajira. I mean, that's that skill, that magical skill of hers is really featured on Hajira. Yes. Because it's everything is sort of in service of that. In this album, it's more in balance with this remarkable music and these unbelievable lyrics. Um, you know, the acting is just kind of equally strong. And it extends from the emotion of the song. Yeah. Yeah, she she goes where she needs to go for each song to be put across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the, I would say the the uh, listen to the bass in this tune. This is one of the ones where I feel like the bass shines in terms of its the uh, holding be doing exactly the job that it needs to do as the bass, but still like taking these wonderful like, little avenues. Yeah, um, it, it there's just such stellar casual musicianship on this whole record that is like so endemic of music of the 70s which is why some in some ways i'm stuck in the 70s because it was this wonderful amalgam of like true musicianship was really appreciated and celebrated and used and you had these songwriters and you had a certain level of palette like commercial receptivity to different weird stuff yeah you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is all, Almost Famous. Yes. Uh, and I always think of that scene with Lester Bangs. You know, you're coming at a very dangerous time for rock and roll. <laughs> it's over. You know, yeah, like yeah. the suits have taken over. And then, you know, and I think that that's around this time. You know, right. But there, until that time, there were a bunch of people just like signing artists and being like, fuck it. I don't know what's going to work. Sure. Yeah, you these know, guys sound amazing. Yeah, let's let's give it a shot. And they, they put money behind it and they put talented musicians behind it. And a lot of really interesting music came out. So... Yeah. The fact that Joni Mitchell is, you know, I hate to say that she's relegated to the folk label. Right. Um, you know, again, let's... No, I take your meaning. Let's remember yep. genres are marketing instruments and have no real relevance. Um, but right. so she was lumped into the huh, quirky little folk singer thing, but she is so much more in that yeah. than that. And why she's not put in the same boat as like some of these other like revered yeah. musicians. I'm, I, I can't help but get in my 2018-19 soapbox and say that there's a not a little amount of sexism involved would... in the relegation of Joni Mitchell to the folk sort of 
sidelines and and her musicianship not really being truly respected. Couldn't agree more. And I've probably done it already in this episode. I, it's probably as much of a fan of hers as I am, and 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 as admirous as I am of this album. I felt that I've obviously I've been talking about her that way. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I I totally buy that. Absolutely. So, so that, that's my... I really appreciate your your sort of aligning this with Steely Dan work because I, I'm a huge fan of of their albums and I do think of them in that way and I don't think I think of this album in this in that way even though I'm astonished by it musically. I mean, I and there know, there I you go. I don't know why I don't put it in that same sort of category. Because no she, idea why. She never put that on you to do. Whereas right. Steely Dan, I mean, and I love Steely Dan. Right. But they 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 put across the entire image of being like They demand it. They demand you think that they're yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's just presenting And she's this, just like Yeah. Here it is. This art. Yeah. Well, so let's move on to Free Man in Paris. Story of David Geffen, apparently. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. This oh, wow. Is, it's about David Geffen and, and uh, oh, another, sure, sure. another uh, contemplation of balance. Yeah. Right? The, oh, God, yeah. What you, oh, I, I would just, uh, and let's just say that, uh, you know, Joni Mitzel pronounces Chandelise like someone who's walked it quite a bit herself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, thinking about the, the man stuck between obligation and, and desire, uh, you know, well, I'm, I have this important job that I have to do, but if I, I could just... Walk it's funny you it. say important because I think one of my favorite things about this song is that she's that free that she's saying, I don't even think she thinks the work is important. Yeah. She's like, but for the work I've taken on. For the work it's I've the taken on. the lamest excuse. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go with you on this trip. Stoking the machinery. for the work I've taken on. <laughs> Almost as if he could just leave it behind. It's just like, yeah, I've yeah. done this thing. I deal in dreamers and telephone screamers. Ugh, it's great. Yeah, it's it's a fun... Oh, so interesting. So you feel, by those comments, I take it to mean that you feel that this, that she is talking, she's extending all these things that she's saying are about the man that she's supposing in Paris. Yeah. It, it's his I narrative. It, I'm I, a, I was a free man in Paris. Like, I could do anything I want, but I did choose to do this job. Yeah. I've always taken it to mean, and this could be very stupid, but I've always taken it to mean that she, as a woman, felt so empowered that oh. she was as if she were a free man in Paris. Oh, wow. That that's the level of... Um, she could run at night. Yeah, she could do whatever the f she wants, right? Because in her world, uh, you know, she was a free man in Paris. I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd have to look at it super closely lyrically, I guess, to see if I'm right about that. Interesting or wrong interpretation, about that, but probably doesn't matter. I don't know. That's I how mean, I've yeah. always heard it in my head. That's great. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, and then so that the other things that she's saying are about her, not about this man. Oh, okay. That there's no man. I see. She just feels that strong. Huh. Um, I mean, I like that better. Well, I don't know. I Obviously, I don't know if I'm right, but that's I mean, you know, I've heard yeah, it. I read it as a, as a portrait of a, of, of a man of this, of this dude. I'd, I can't yeah. wait to listen to it with that perspective in mind. Mm-hmm. See how... Wonder what I'd do it for. If I had my way, I'll go walking down the Champs-Élysées. From club to cabaret, yeah. Anyway, it's a fun song, and it's a really interesting melody on her part. And yeah. She, the, the, 
there's a lot of intervals a lot of that go up and down. It goes yep. all over the place, and yep. she just hand, you know, sticks it really well. It sounds really good, and there's a lot of authority to it. There's a lot of energy to that song. It's a visual story. I mean, I yeah, I, you know, I'm right along with her. Yeah, but that's I like the I like your interpretation. I mean, that's part of the fun is to have all these alternate interpretations. Should we take a minute and listen to it? Sure. And then, uh, yeah, coming back. Yeah. Okay, we're back. And uh, we got to give props to, first of all, Jose Feliciano, who's guesting on lead guitar on that Indeed. track. You know, with Jose, you, you got no complaints. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we were commenting on how that sounds like a Steely Dan song. <laughs> Big chunks of that could uh, easily be found on a Steely Dan album and not be out of place at all. Except, as we were discussing, it's just a, a more rooted, soulful, uh, you know, human sound i mean it's just a more tender sound and i i mean i'm just gonna go there and say that like it's it's specifically a woman's point of view yeah um and so it doesn't come across as the same way as other music of its day that i feel like is more just like masculine in a showy way it commands that you think a certain way or it's about topics like very overt sexual come-ons yeah or you know (laughs) the works of J.R.R. token uh that i feel like are just like deeply masculine and she takes a lot of those same musical approaches and takes them to a more feminine direction and i have to say especially right now at this time in my life it is wicked refreshing yeah it's really fun to listen to uh, and it makes me think of things that I hadn't thought of before and think in ways and empathize in ways that I hadn't before. Um, and so it is, a, it's a, yeah, it's a real joy. Well, uh, from that perspective, I was, as I've said, uh, as I sort of alluded to in the intro, as a freshman in college, I was extraordinarily grateful to have this intimate perspective of, you know, a, <laughs> a strong woman. Yeah. You know, and especially grateful for some of the sort of, uh, we're about to get into some of the sort of more extraordinary um, vulnerability as a woman that she shows. And it really helped me to be able to think about what kind of person I wanted to be towards the people I was trying to interact with in my life. That's great. You know, I mean, as a freshman in college, to meet a woman this strong and be able to just sort of, you know, learn these lessons, just listen and, and just listen to this person and learn from them. Yeah. Uh, it was unbelievably valuable to me. And meanwhile, I was listening to the Lemon song. <laughs> 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 I, I, I think you had a better role model. <laughs> but come on, John Paul Jones. Oh, yeah. John Paul Jones did the string arrangements. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. On this record. That's amazing. And let's remember, you know, David Crosby and Graham Nash, right? Uh, backup vocals on this too. Right. Good to bring the CSN. She had friends, thing. not to mention Cheech. Yeah. <laughs> Though I don't know, he was kind of slagging on her a little bit in the song. Um, so you know, uh, yeah, Free Men in Paris. It's a it's a great portrait. I'm not sure what more we want to uh, put to that before moving on to people's parties. Whew. It is. <laughs> it's funny. This 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 song has um, one of the moments where her voice. You know that that whole like. Um, Laughing it all away. That's like la- yeah. one of the moments I'm not as crazy about. And it's funny because I was talking about this record to my wife, Eliza, because I have been listening to a lot of it. And she's still, let's suffice it to say, hasn't walked through the membrane. 
<laughs> Sorry, Z. <laughs> and she and she was asking me, so what what's it about her? Like why? And I was kind of like going off on some of the things I've already said. Yeah. Uh, but I was not convincing her. And then that part of this of this song came on, oh. laughing it all away, <laughs> and it, it 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 did not support my case. Right. <laughs> But I, I, um, but the rest of it up to this, like oh, if you had just been listening, like you would have realized that that you you felt that same way. This song, quite honestly, was my first therapist. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And it, and it gave you someone to identify with that felt like you. Yeah, it, it it gave me a little bit of agency over what was really stressing me out about how it was sort of tough for me to relate to large groups of people at once, and yeah, you know, it it made me feel like, all right, well, uh, this is a remarkably successful artist who f- at least has access to that feeling, if not feels this way. And why would she? Because she's, you know, yeah, she's Joni Mitchell. How could? Right. Someone like that. Right. Feel that way. And, uh, you know, if she can even write about it, let alone if she can feel it, yeah. Uh, what do I have to worry about feeling it too? It's That's fine. That's cool. That's great. I yeah. wish I had that. Yeah. Along yeah. with Lemon Song. I like Lemon Song. And I'm not going <laughs> to take anything away from that. Lemon Song is You know, Led Zeppelin is Enzo's favorite uh, artist right now. Awesome. He can sing Dare Maker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's great. He requests it. And well, how, how does he pronounce it? Mostly the lullaby version. <laughs> um, oh, yes. But but he asked me to sing that, and he's... Oh, oh, oh. That's funny. He's like, where's the Led Zeppelin, the baby song? Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm trying to think musically about people's parties. No drums. Uh, you know, it's it's as close to a, like a traditional folk song as you probably get on this record. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, I... I, I it seems to me like a poem. It's one continuous thought that doesn't necessarily have like a verse chorus kind of structure. It just sort of, it's sort of straight through. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like it for that reason. Uh, especially because you, you know, we've come from a couple songs that are of a more traditional, well, at least Freeman in Paris is very much verse chorus, verse chorus. So people's parties is, it's like a 12 line poem or something. Yeah. Is this the one with the uh, looking at a pretty girl in your bathroom looking at her sex appeal? Yes. Out her sex appeal? Oh, no, that's the same situation. Oh, uh, same but situation. one of the one of the, the lines I love in People's Party is, that, yeah, the, the, the beautiful woman crying on someone's knee, yep. laughing and crying. The same release. The same right, release. There's the balance again. That's yeah. probably the most standout lyric of the album. Laughing and crying is the same release. It's that's, a I, I resonated with me immediately. Is just, that a phrase you were familiar with prior to listening to this album? No. Really di- Interesting. No. So I've always sort of assumed that that was uh, something that people felt and knew and um, something that I only learned from this album. But maybe it maybe it's all sourced to her lyric there. But I do think that's the central, probably the, the, the lyric that hooked me the most about this entire album. And I can see why you would say that, it, yeah, it's almost the thesis of the record. In some exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the court and spark. It's the... It's the freedom and the the attachment. It's mm-hmm. the you know happiness and the loneliness. Uh, everything, everything in this record is about the balance, the yin and the yang. So tell me about same situation because I feel like this is a weirdly transitional song. It didn't you know necessarily hook me, uh, and I found it interesting that she she performs it um, in that live video we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, and she puts it across well. Yeah, but this is one of the tunes that. 
I mean, I really love the way it segues out of people's parties. It, it's almost as if it's like a tag at the end of people's parties. Oh, I think it is a continue. I think the person has left the party. Yeah. And and is now left with the thing, you know, to face, to try and face the things that made her leave the party. Okay. Um, that's how I've always sort of acknowledged that. I, I almost think of them as the same song. Oh, yeah. It definitely feels that way. And that's not the only place in the album. It's interesting that side two... Uh, and we'll get there. Ends sort of the same way. Trouble Child turns into that blast of trumpet, that, yeah. which you've already heard a lot of trumpets in Trouble Child, no. and so it feels like a continuation of Trouble Child, and then it moves on to Twisted. So the, you know, both sides end with that same kind of like direct. Yeah, segue. I probably think of them as you know. I mentioned before that the two dessert tunes at the end that <laughs> don't have a lot to do with the rest of the album, but they have a lot to do with each other. Yeah, um, yeah, I do think that's another in my head probably continuation of that character. Yeah, like the 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 recovery, the balance. And I can right. see that. Like, same situation does feel a little bit like getting back to your house and sort of decompressing and unpacking. Yeah, like the oh, evening. God, I, that didn't go. I was. I thought I'd be able to have some fun, but I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't feel attractive. Nobody likes me. <laughs> right, but also there's such oh, such sweet solace in that song. Right. This this person is not defeated by these concerns. Yeah. Right. They they exist, and they're like ah, oh, these these are the. The bags that, you know, my wife and I always talk about how everybody's walking around with a, you know, dragging around a bag of shit and you just don't know what it's composed of. It's sick relatives and, you know, stressful work situations and all these types of things. And this is, to me, the sound of somebody just coming home and not not being buried by that misery, Uh, but just knowing, ah, geez, the, the thing that I struggle against got the best of me again today. (sighs) <sighs> some days I'm able to beat it. Some days I'm not. This is one of the days I was not. Yeah. Oh, and it 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 has beautiful, really interesting twists to it musically. Again, it's another song where you feel like it's oh god, it's yeah. a relatively straightforward kind of folky ballad, and then it gets into this whole "You lots of lovely woman." Now you turn your gaze to me. Oh wow! I mean, and the imperfection to see if I am worthy. These yeah. are the things where it's like, okay, well, that's not. I'm not going to do that to people. Ugh. You know, like I didn't. I get now some of the things that I've seen. Uh, it's been sort of worded for me, uh, and, and I'm choosing against it. I'm so lucky that I had this document, this vulnerable document, uh, to show me that. You know, so that I could decide rather than basing it on experience yeah. and, and having to screw up first, um, at least insofar as this tiny little piece of my life, it was a easy decision, you know? And here it is, that balance again, caught in my struggle for higher achievements and my search for love. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. And the millions of lost and lonely ones. I mean, it's just—it's a very, very powerful <laughs> salve for people who are sad. Yeah, um, yeah, right. It gives them a place to go where they—they they feel like they identify with yeah. it, especially that decompression after what is maybe an uncomfortable social occasion or your place where you get out of your head and then you kind of come home and and you come back inside yourself. Yeah, and and what more can you wish for but then to be empowered by that sadness rather than than overcome by it and accepting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accepting this is going to happen. This is part of the deal that yeah. I've chosen for myself. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm going to do my best to make good choices. Yeah, and and I'm going to try and find a way to put myself into the kind of positions 
where I can be happy rather than finding myself in the kind of positions that don't make me happy. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. Hey, uh, this is not, it's not a bad thing that I couldn't fit in this situation. There's a million situations all over the place. I've got to find the situation that works for me. Whether you're talking about a partner or a work, a job or a social circle or anything, an interest, a hobby, whatever it might be. Like if you are not in that thing, it's not you. That's the problem. It's the thing. Find another thing, you know? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. And you're going to be fine. Yeah. And there's going to be other experiences that happen to you. It's okay to not like something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where she leaves side one. Right. I mean, and this put out in the days of albums, that's where the needle that stops. Could be, that could be it for the night. Yeah. That could be it for the night. <laughs> you, but it's you not. You might not get up. <laughs> But instead what happens is that, you know, the, the record flips, the night goes on, the next day arrives, and a new experience awaits. I mean, and to me, like, the, one of the monster tracks of this record is Karna Hill. This song is breathlessly awesome and yeah. is such an incredible depiction of a sweet and wonderful moment. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a song. I mean, there's been other songs about waiting for your lover to show up. Sure. But nothing like this. Nope. And it's so sneaky. Because I just didn't think of it that way. Yeah. I, I just thought it was a great song. I always loved it. For 25 years, I've loved this song. And I absolutely, 100%, did not understand it until we dug into this album. I, I just didn't see that sort of, you know, sitting in the chair that you don't really like to sit in, but it's got the view yeah. of the front door, so you're not going to go anywhere else in the house because you're just waiting for that moment. Because uh, that is all that's on your mind is that person who's about to come pick you and up. And that sense of anticipation, yeah, I feel like it's put across so beautifully in yep. this song. For in the middle, and I, I love how it, it she she expresses it musically in two wonderfully different ways. I mean, this is like a two verse song with an interlude in the middle, and then right. that incredible tag at yeah. the end. Yeah, um, and the the and so both times you're and again it's she's using the same repeated thing waiting for the car to climb and climb in the hill yep. and the first time her she's still feeling that sense of anticipation and sizzle and excitement and the musical interlude that happens there i feel like is Joni mitchell trying to put across that feeling of like butterflies in the stomach and yeah. you know, like trying to stay calm and try to stay cool and chill but at the same time like really wanting this person to come really yeah. wanting them to show up it's and, a whole love story that, yeah that no. solo that that musical interlude yeah it's a whole love story and by the end of the second verse it's been too long and yeah. there's doubt. Yep. Yeah. And, and that, Absolutely that I just gorgeous. love that wonderful repeated instrumental section. I just, I, when I listen to that, I just imagine like, what are the, what are the instructions that she gave? Like, I would love <laughs> to hear what she said to the band. Yeah. Oh, for, oh, Cause they, that'd be fun. All that whole song, <laughs> yeah. the, the level of emotion to me, that's put across through the different instruments. Yep, I, I think is remarkable. So it's you not know. just well, her obviously with those interludes, but yeah, but even within this, you know, the general sort of simpler structure. Yeah, of the lyric and the verse. Yeah, and that's so much sweetness in the dark. I think that's probably my single favorite line on the whole record. And it's yeah. just like I want to be the other one in the dark <laughs> with her. Um, but I, I, one thing I want to say about that song is is uh, it's so beautifully attached in such a subtle. Uh, assumptive way to San Francisco, right? Like if, having been to that city. Oh yeah, climbing the hill. <laughs> it, it is. It is just. I just see this like neighborhood of San Francisco, 
you know, from Vertigo or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so beautifully attached to that town in a way that I hope... I don't have... You know, I have a mix of New York songs. I have a mix of uh, Boston songs. But I, I don't really have a mix of many other cities. But those of you who live there probably do. And I hope that this song is on any kind of San Francisco mixes that are out there. Because it totally belongs there. Even though it never mentions that that's the city. It's just... It could only exist in that town. Interesting. In I mind. mean, I still think of it's L.A., you know. Oh, yeah. So I feel like it's like Beverly Hills or one of the other neighborhoods, like maybe Bel Air or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are hilly neighborhoods in L.A., but for me, this that album just like all reeks of Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Well, for, for the most part, I think of Los Angeles. In general, I don't know. This this song always takes place in San Francisco to me. I, yeah. Yeah. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Whatever pictures it, it paints well, are, are yours. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just, I, I can't think highly enough about this song. And it's another time where she uh, exhibits her vulnerability. I don't know, just stuff that you don't hear men doing in songs. Right. <laughs> right. I, 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 I watch for judgment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not as successfully, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, there, there's a beautiful vulnerability, uh, and you you feel her brain shifting between verse one and verse two, where she's feeling like it's starting to get too long. Again, that's her acting ability. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like that one is one that I would really say take an extra couple of listens to and just sink your teeth into that. And, and of course you can't help but say that about the next one down to you monster track of the record. Really unbelievable. Nothing like this I've heard before. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. There's, there's no song I know that's quite like this song. Yeah. Uh, we texted about the lyrics. What was the lyric I texted you? It just devastated me. Uh, I mean, I think it was that one that you recited earlier. Here, hold on. I can pull it up. But in the meantime, I can th- th- this one I particularly love because she she even teases that it's going to be like a traditional sort of piano ballad. Yeah. <laughs> even just in the in the way that she plays the instrument. But then it it goes into so many other different directions. Um that I think this was when I was starting to listen to this record. Um Again, I, I hadn't walked through the membrane yet. So the first couple of listens to it, I was thinking like, okay, am I going to be able to have enough to say about this? Like, I right. don't know. I'm not sure. Right, right. Um, but then at some point I was like, I had it on and I was listening to it. Um, and then I heard the middle string part, that big piano and string driven part from this from the other room. And I thought, holy shit. Yeah. What's going on in yeah. this song? I can't find the line right now, but... Uh, um, I think it was the... You go down to the pickup station, creating yeah, worth and beauty. Exactly. Yeah. Clutching the night to you like a fig leaf. You hurry to the blackness and the blankets to lay down an impression and your loneliness. This song is like a movie soundtrack. Yeah. It's like a movie. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's like a full on movie. It with, is like with a two, soundtrack. Yeah. Two hours in yeah. the four minutes. Yeah. Um, and, you and know. And again, there's that. So there's that intro lyric, right? Everything comes and goes. You're a kind yeah. person. You're a cold person, there too. There you go. Right? Uh, everything comes and goes. Right? Yeah. Uh, things that you held high and told yourself were true, lost, or changing as the days come down to you. Again, It just constantly Ooh. swings you back and forth. Yeah. And then you have this horrible, you know, and that, yeah, and then it takes you down that dark alley. You go down to the pickup station, craving warmth and beauty. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just... 
She just drops you, kicks you out of the car at yeah. 2 a.m. Yep. Um, and you see it all. And you see it all. And then you wake up with this person. In the morning, there are lovers in the street. So now that, that first lyric where you journey into darkness, yeah. now that person has, is forced out into the light. Right. And you see the everyone else, and everyone else looks happy. Yep. And then you end up, you brush against a stranger, and you both apologize. Like, like to me, that that's a genuine moment. Yeah. Not the one that you had last night. Yeah. But and this, this one. And has there ever been a better summation of anxiety than old friends seem indifferent? You must have brought that on. I feel that about 20 times a day. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's always wrong. Yeah. But it's such a beautiful portrait of anxiety. And it's, imp- again, it's empowering in its sort of, you know, our friend Dana J. Bine, uh, he, he always says, uh, share your story. It's, it's what will help other people. That's great. And that's literally what this is to me. This is her sharing this story, and it helps people who are in that position. It helps people who are trying to avoid that position. It helps anybody who has any kind of grief to use it as an empowering tool. I keep harping on this, but it's really one of the more remarkable things about this album lyrically to me. Yeah. Um, These tremendously intimate moments, vulnerable moments that you feel the tragedy of this person and you are you are able to learn from it it's so hard people say like don't do this or don't do that cuz you'll regret it well, that's not going to work for anybody cuz people are alive and they want to live and make these choices so this actually shows you what these cho- what some choices can bring and you're able to to learn from that and either choose for it or choose against it or beware of it or help others with it or whatever it's really remarkable. Love is gone. That <laughs> makes me think of our friend Emily DeGraff whenever yeah. I hear that Emily Bass. Um, fabulous uh, musician in the uh, Lincoln, Nebraska area. Hello, anyway, um, I find that really interesting. They, they, she goes into the love is gone bit. Ooh, love is gone. And then you have that that really cinematic musical interlude, the one that grabbed me from the other room. Yeah. That I was like, what is happening on this record? <sighs> yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that that's where it happens. And I've, I've thought a lot about why she puts that piece after the, the love is gone. You know, basically the part that like feels the worst. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to me in the end, it's really quite obvious that she's kind of helping us gird ourselves in our own presence and our own feeling and our own person. Yeah. That solo to me is one of the most interesting lyrics on the album because that so that whole sort of oboe and whatever else is is used progression of tones yeah. and chords and climbing and uh it it is the story of someone in the in the depression of a breakup uh finding it's not the story of them finding their way it's actually the sound of them finding their way from the depths of the misery of the breakup to the point where they are able to once again uh, present themselves as you know available or or desirous of companionship whatever however you want to say it or i feel like it's even just being grounded like you've got your feet back underneath you yeah yeah absolutely you know because then you get right into everything comes and goes pleasure moves on too early and trouble leaves too slow yeah just when you think you've got it made bad news is coming and and you know the the way that she moves out of that uh, interlude back into the simple piano figure is really funny it's almost as if like you have like the little do 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 you know like the 
the woodwinds do these tiny little figures is it's almost as if the smoke is clearing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're yeah. coming out of whatever emotional state you're in, the yeah. reverie, and like the dust settles, and then it, you're left with just that piano figure and standing there by yourself, yeah. reflecting on the huge th- themes of life. It all comes down to you. You've yeah. got all these balances, all these swings of emotion. It all comes down to your choices. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's it's the... The thing that I find really interesting about that interlude too, like you say, I think it is about working through your depression and working through your sadness. But a lot of it, the musical figures are very major key and very like uplifting and positive. Yeah. yeah. Um, she kind of works you in that direction, but a lot it's it's almost exultant. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I, I wouldn't say almost. I think yeah. it is absolutely exultant. I so it makes me think word. like, what is she? You know, what what is that based on? It yeah. almost feels like too simple. Um, yeah. to to be so emotionally dense. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't know what you mean by that last bit because I, because <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I think that it is in a portrait of the ascent, the exultant ascent from, yeah. from not able to relate to the world to back and whole and like, oh, you know, having moved on I and guess. and wiser. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. This song will stick with me forever. This whole album will, but this one song particularly. It's a best friend album. Just really just gets me so much. I just think it's spectacular. Uh, and that moves us on. And then we get into like the, the rest of the record. Thankfully, and, and one of the things I'll say about Down to You in terms of sequencing, this is the right place for this song. Oh, yeah. You cannot put this song anywhere sooner on this record, which is kind We're of fun because we, we think about uh, our record time season one as being a sequence, right? And yep. we ended side one with a banger yep. uh yep um low end theory yeah and here we have like our first track on side two yeah where you're like you're going to a different place now. yes yes we we had a lot of fun just then but time we're for gonna, the second leg of the trip time for the second leg of the trip we're yeah. like we've warmed up and we're <laughs> we're getting to the meat i mean you know like i, I don't want to sound like i'm being unfair to the rest of the records because i feel like they're all of the you know we yeah. chose them carefully because we think they're all wonderful but yeah um you know but for different reasons and i wouldn't do this album as episode one no much no. like you can't you gotta warm people up for a yeah. song like down to you yeah there's a lot of thematic preparation that you've done, uh, you know, in just the like lead ear training, you yeah. know, like getting yeah. re- the uh, listener and mind like, training. Yeah, brain. Yeah, exactly. Mind training to to get them primed for the message and for the themes of this record. And then she, and then the rest of it is this sort of like kind and fun, sort of settling into the rest. Well, I, I think just the just like this train is a little sneaky, though. I, I think just the just like this train sort of tempts you into thinking it belongs with the the last little sort of vaudeville show of of tracks but i think it's actually just as grounded and deep as some of the uh earlier stuff thematically and, and lyrically yeah and one of the more musically sophisticated songs yes on the record it shifts feel it shifts tempo it yes. shifts time signature she um i feel like she in a beautifully gets across musically the experience of sitting on a train and letting your mind wander and having a random thought here or there yeah and then coming back to the motion of the train yep uh it and and plus all the little details which annoyed me at first this isn't one of the ones by the time i get here i mean again it's probably just my add attention span this late in a record like to, to kind of stay with it um I, I don't know what I was ready for by the time you get through down to you. I like that it's a little bit lighter in theme. I like that it's 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 more of a 
uh, of a of a painting. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's a series of images that she's putting together. But yeah, you know, she has a strong point of view. Yeah, she is escaping. Yes, totally. <laughs> she has run away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, tons of balance in these lyrics as well. There's a thin man fo- smoking a fat cigar. Yep. Um, if you can't find your goodness because you've lost your heart. Um, but she's run away, but she still loves the person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lose your hairline, <laughs> my vein, darling. Oh, it's she's such like, a lovely, yeah. it's such a lovely sort of piece that she imagines there, right? A yeah. Lovely little future. It is. My vein, darling. Because <laughs> then you just realize that she loves him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and settling on a detail that most people would appreciate you were actually singing about something else. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but that that suggests the level of intimacy in their relationship. This is not Definitely. a new thing. No, no, no. Yeah, this no. is someone that she's a little bit sick of or needs a break from, right. and so is riding the rails. Uh, but we, we know that she'll probably return to this person. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like it. all the musical things. And you, you, I, th- this was one that I listened to carefully Again, for the you know being the musical nerd that I am, in that live video to hear like, oh, how do they? Yeah, how do they do this? And it's a quintessential '70s prog band that like they nail everything. Yeah, it all sounds effortless. Yeah, this is one of the ones I was nervous about, most nervous about, but <laughs> it, it was super fun. <laughs> and you watch her play, and it's all her voicings. Yeah, she could play it as a solo guitar song. Effortless. Yeah, and I like the the the. The, the the train feeling and I like that it kind of picks up steam over the course of the song. Boo-doop, boo-doop, boo-doop. Yeah, it's just like they coming j- up over a ridge. Coming and, that, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. And then kind of settling into that the 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 feel do, do, of it do, and how the do, feel gets more do. intense as the song goes on. Yeah, as, as it's climbing the hill. Uh, it's gorgeous. So. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, and then here here comes her rock and roll tune. Yep, she starts to kick the boots a little bit. Raised on Ralbury. Super fun. Which I, like, it worked for me until the sax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I were sitting in the in the engineering room, it's like, oh, what? make that a guitar. <laughs> and who is it? Someone really famous does the guitar solo on this. I'm trying to remember who it is. Robbie Robertson. That's right. Is the electric guitar in Raised on Robbery. And again, uh, Joe Sample is the... Uh, the It's so funny to, that Robbie Robertson is that because I always think of, you know, whenever I'm listening to Joni Mitchell, I don't know who said it, but in the... Uh, when she did Coyote in uh, The Last Waltz, uh, yes. I forget who brings her out, but he he's like listening. You know, they have all these guests and he's listening to the crowd and all you hear him say is, who? Right. Joni Mitchell. <laughs> and I, I, anytime I'm listening to her, I always hear that introduction from that last Waltz record. Um, so it's funny that Robbie Robertson is on this record as well. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. like, you know, one of the many things I didn't realize about this best friend record until we dove into it. Well, it's some, you know, you can always learn new things even about your best friends. Always. Friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what makes them your best friends. Yeah. Um, and I like this tune. I mean, you know, as we said before, like she can carry the vocal. And she has a lot of fun with it. And oh, God, she's yeah. got the power to uh, stand in front of, of a rock band, but at the same time, add a lot of personality oh, yeah. to her singing. She's a front man. Yeah. <laughs> no sweat. Yeah. She's got that covered. She absolutely does. Uh, I just wish that... And you forget. You, it's easy to forget because there is so much sort of experimental feel to, you know, and, and sort of jazz feel to this stuff. Like... But when when the band rises behind her, she is uh, up to the task. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, because she does so much subtle, quiet stuff too. Right, and right. she always, even in uh, Big Yellow Taxi, 
you just get used to that her having that sort of fake girl singer kind of yep. so you kind of forget that she or like she needs to prove that she has that kind of power though she doesn't really need to but she does on yeah. the, on this song and it and it feels good and it's fun and, and I like that the chords go in a different direction the raised on robbery line is always there at the end but it the things have gone in a different direction so it feels like it's a blues based song yeah but yet it's not exactly that sort of a, that, that same country lyric sort of practice that you described earlier is is in there that's right yeah but uh, you know I, I feel like it's a lot looser the way it ties together really yeah. basically the the tag raised on robbery is really just to re-emphasize the fact that like i'm no good yeah <laughs> so don't so forgive me whatever ridiculous transaction transgression and transaction i engage in hey i was born this way i mean if she's saying that like you know <laughs> You're waiting for this person. The person doesn't show up in Car on the Hill. Yeah. And then it all comes down to you, and you deal with this sort of loss of this sort of relationship that didn't work <laughs> out. And she's promising you that at the end of this unbelievable journey through that solo, that you're going to reach a place where you can do something like Raised on Robbery, have that much fun. Yeah. Uh, and just not care about the, the you know... I can't believe I'm about to use the phrase devil-may-care attitude of this person. Sure. You know, like... That's a beautiful promise. That's a beautiful journey she takes you right through. You yep. know? Yeah. Um, it's such a fun song. It doesn't, <laughs> just go, it, it doesn't have like the tragedy of, of a lot of the rest of this record, but it's it's fulfilling a promise that she makes in Down to You, I think. Yep. And it's another breakup song. The breakup happens in the song. Right. And and, and this was like... A, you're mean when fun. you're loaded. Yeah, yeah. You're mean when you're loaded. I'm out of here. <laughs> Where are you going? Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, and I, I just, I like that her sense of humor comes through, especially because a lot of the, the rest of this album is just so rich and deep. Uh, and this one in, in Twisted, uh, you know, she kind of lets it all hang out a little bit. Well, and especially in this one, I think in Twisted, it's a little more concise and, and sort of choreographed. But in this one, she seems to laugh just in the recording of it. Yeah. She's having that much fun in Raised on Robbery that there's sometimes where you can hear her laughing as she sings. Yep. Which is honestly like unbelievably romantic and cool. Oh my like, God. Oh my God, I can't believe how much I love somebody who can actually do that. Yeah. You know? But of course she does it in Big Yellow Taxi and I'm not crazy about that laugh. Uh, right. At the end, that's like written. That's yeah. A, that's a written laugh. Yeah, this it's, just seems it's like just something too that's cute. happening in the studio. Yeah. You know, like she's just having that much fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, and she wanted to write a rock tune. I don't know, for whatever reason. I mean, I think it's right. always good to have one in your set, especially if you're playing with a band like LA Express. Yeah. You want to give them the chance to jam. Yeah. And in that video that we saw, they close with this tune. So it's good That's to have, right. you know, it's good to write a good some up tempo numbers into your set. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna tour the band, you want them to rock. So yeah. she does it and she pulls it off. Here's a question, and I don't think I came across this in my in my research about it. Were there a lot of songs cut from this album, or is this pretty much what she wrote? I have no idea. I didn't get any sense for that. I don't know what information th there might be. Yeah, about we talked that. about how, you know, Thriller was like 90 songs to boil down to 99. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, it, I think she just wrote this. She, yeah. This was just it. It was like, here are the songs. We're making this album. Yeah. God damn. I know. <laughs> I know. So good. Yeah. And then so Trouble Child. So I'm I'm interested in to hear your take on Trouble Child because I feel like that that one's a, a slightly digression back into some more serious material. I'm not a huge fan of this, you know, the, her vocal approach to this, but you you seem to think that this is one of the ones that. Well, I think it's the first half of the final balance that we are offered. Yeah. Um, this is a person. I think the same person. I think I I've 
always felt that these songs are all about one person. Okay. Uh, one character, whether it's Joni or a character that she's writing, um, which obviously would represent her in many ways. Mm. Um, this is a person sort of grappling with themselves, kind of saying, <laughs> it's kind of the beautiful musical equivalent uh, equivalent of uh, <laughs> Chris Farley's character, the interview guy, where he's like, <laughs> oh, so stupid. Remember, remember when, <laughs> oh, right? Or the, you know, that neat meme, like, they're gonna know I'm dumb. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's somebody who, again, you know, like I've been saying all along, the magic of this album is the empowerment of the misery, right? That, yeah. That like, it is okay to feel these things. It is okay to feel that you have screwed something up. It is okay to be looking for the situation that fits you best, you know? Again, whether that's a person or a job or a social circle or a hobby or any of those types of things. Whew. Only a river of changing faces looking for an ocean. Man. I... She is so, it would take me a year and a half to write a couplet that good <laughs> to come up with the, with the poetic perspective to write that. And again, that she'd twist the knife at the end. Yeah. Some will try to clock you. You know, it's really hard to talk sense to you, trouble child. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but you mentioned that the beauty of that lyric, breaking like the waves at Malibu. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, this is a person who's a mess. Yeah. But people pay big money. To, to live where they can see the waves break at Malibu. That's true. Right? And so this beautiful, beautiful y lyric, Trouble Child breaking like the waves at Malibu, it's so empowering. It is. It, it is. It, it says to you, take hold of the things that you make you feel broken and use them to your advantage. Make them a strength. Right. Breaking. Yeah. And then waves of Malibu, like whoa! That it, it is such a twist. It, yeah, it's again not what you'd expect. Yeah, within that one line, it's not what you would expect. Because there's a lot of fraught emotion in this song. Yes, and the other song, you know, the other side of this balance is twisted. Somebody who's not in control of uh, <laughs> and not trying to be. Right, right, and and it's it's tongue in cheek, and it's all that, and it's, she's you know. Laughing at herself and everything. Genius. Right. I mean, I love the way she really puts the pedal to the metal there. I knew that this was meant to be. <laughs> but a Trouble Child, shout out to the Steely Dan vibe with this tune. Definitely. I mean, I, and I you mentioned it. earlier that yeah. I played the beginning of Car on a Hill, <sighs> which sounds like I'm just waiting for Donald Fagan to come in. Right. Uh, but this is another one that makes me really think of Steely Dan. And, and uh, it really, if you listen to this, the, just listen to the rhythm section on the song. They, it's not simple. Nope. What they're up to, and so she's got her own vibe going over the top. Well, what she's doing isn't simple either. What she's doing is not simple either. And I, I do lose a little patience with all the bent notes. Um, but she's I, just this rolling wheel, man. She's coming off this train and she's literally rolling her lyrics. That's interesting. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, but wow, the band. Uh, coming way over the top and then coming up under the bottom and just going counterclockwise over and over and over. And then landing, you know, yeah. sticking the landing. Yeah, well, as always with this album. Yeah, <laughs> Really sticking the landing. Yeah. And I really feel like this album could have ended here. 
Twisted is a <laughs> bonus track, yes. if I've ever heard one. Yes. Uh, really better, in my mind, re- better relegated to the box set or right. whatever. Just like the fun extra thing. It's fine. I, I, I find it really entertaining. Might have been nice to set this after about five minutes of silence. Uh, <laughs> that's a recurring... <laughs> Recurring theme for you. Yes. We, we, we should, yeah, that's, I, I, I think that would be fine. This is Euro Trash Girl. <laughs> exactly. After 40 minutes of silence on <laughs> kerosene hat. Is <laughs> <laughs> kerosene trump- hat? Yeah. Yeah. And then the trumpet comes in. Yeah. But yeah, it's a nice segue from Trouble Child, because yeah. you're used to the horns, and you get that nice jazzy trumpet. She performs this song impeccably. If there, right. there is no more better... Um, evidence of her vocal prowess than this song in some ways i would agree all the chromatic yep. runs that she does yep. uh kind of doing things that are outside the chord and all, all kinds of wonderful vocal tricks now i don't remember did they do this in the in the live show i don't not that i remember yeah i don't think they did yeah i'd like to see this done i guess I, i'd be interested to see this done Sure. Yeah. I think this would be this would come across better if it was just her and her guitar like on a folk singer stage. Yeah, I it, yeah. I will admit the Cheech stuff doesn't really work for me. <laughs> no, it doesn't work for I me. I don't either. care about it. It's not I I I get much more enjoyment out of saying and Cheech is on this album. Yeah. Than I do actually listening to what he does. Flip City, man. Right, right. It's just not needed. No. She's it, enough. Yeah. She's plenty, all you need. Believe me. Yeah. And there's another great, relatively natural laugh there. I mean, it probably That's was uh, performed. That, but. that I'm guessing, was at least intended, Yeah, if not uh, uh, written. Like, yeah. j- just, I'd like to find a way to do something like this, or, you know, um, but but it's not as genuine, certainly, as, as the one we were talking about before. Yep. In Raised on Robbery. Yeah. And this Raised is, on Robbery, it's like, you know, not to uh, foreshadow too much, but Stipe does the same thing on um, Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, there's a, there's a chuckle. He can't, well, we'll get, uh, we'll get to this, but, but yeah, he has a laugh in there for he a does. very specific reason. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read the same thing you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, Twisted, it's fun. I, I like it as a personal expression. Um I don't think the album would be any worse than it is if that song wasn't on it. I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. At all. I, I think Trouble it. Child is a wonderful way to end the record. Me too. Uh, and so Twisted really, uh, to me, is like the, it's the gag reel over the credits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, it's also the most exaggerated expression of her self-acceptance. And, and knowing that she's, you know, out there and knowing that she's yeah. special and just like getting on with life, even regardless. Right. Sort of. So now I appreciate why it is an interesting pairing to Trouble Child. Right. Because Trouble it Child is that, that same way. message counseled to someone else. Yeah. But in this case, she's just out front like, hey, you know, yeah, my, I, I go to an analyst. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, she's and, settled into the crazy a little bit. Yeah. Where Trouble Child is, is sort of like, do I really, can I really accept myself this way? Yeah. And in Twisted you're accepting you are accepting it and you're you're out loud with yeah, it yeah. and don't even worry about yeah. it and you you can hire Cheech and Chong to come on your record and talk about that you're insane right 
and you can love it and everyone loves you for it. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know, like, I, I feel like we get a little taste of that with Courtney or Barnett and maybe that's a, just the, the feminine angle where they're, they're willing to express their vulnerability in way that ways that men just don't do in songs. Yeah. To their, uh, to their disadvantage, I'd say. Yeah. I would completely agree. And I feel like we should celebrate that and, and, you know, encourage, encourage, uh, our male counterparts to, to kind of be upfront with that stuff and just own it. And, and it, you know, the, I feel like the only time men express vulnerability in music when it's like, I'm going to die without you. Yeah. It is like the most amplified. It's not, a, you know, it's usually externalized, expressed about another person and not not an expression of someone dealing with something internally. Yeah. You know, you're making me think of the Smashing, uh, sorry, the Screaming Trees album um, that Nearly Lost You came from, Sweet Oblivion. We're going to have to do that. Honestly. Yeah, we probably should. And I'm wondering right now, because I have a great relationship with that album, and I'm wondering right now if a part of that is that he uh, ventures into some of those vulnerable areas that are so rare for male singers yeah. to to reach really effectively in that album. I, I agree. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that no men do it, but I think no, it's much not. more rare. Yeah. I think it's much more much common more with uh, women singers, women Absolutely. songwriters to, to kind of point. go there with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that probably has a lot to do with the way that we're, we're, we're raised, but anyway, I'm really grateful for it. Like in summary, uh, I I love Joni Mitchell's point of view. Yeah, I love her the way that she sees the world. I love her musical expression. Uh, I will. Con- I'm really I'm happy to welcome her into the fold <laughs> of my own brain and my own tastes, and to to continue and complete uh, my listening of her entire catalog. And, what is it like? Yeah, yeah. It, and 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 continue to enjoy her stuff and hopefully win my wife over at some point. <laughs> <laughs> if this was your uh, first sort of entry into this album, uh, if you listen to this album first and then our show, or if, if this show takes you to that album, hopefully, um, let us know what you thought about it. We've yeah. got a Facebook page. We've got uh, our Twitter account. Yep. Uh, we are at Record Time Pod on Twitter, and we're uh, Record Time Podcast on uh, Facebook. I don't think we have the voicemail going Damn yet. Damn it. I meant to do that today. We'll get it going. We'll get it going. We'd like and we'll, to hear we what you have to say. We'll want to hear about all the records that we've done. Of course. And, and uh, you know, play juicy clips, uh, you know, in, in future episodes. And uh, it, it would it would be great to hear from folks. Um, and if you did, if we somehow inspired you to, to listen to this for the first time and give it a shot, I'm really glad. I, and I hope that you enjoyed it. And we would love to, to hear your thoughts. Uh, any, yeah, any other, well, we want to talk about briefly, uh, what we're going to do next week before we get to the song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to go with, I the, to me that this, this album has special significance for this podcast cause it kind of helped make it happen. Yeah. Uh, so automatic for the people by R E M. Yep. Yep. Another one that almost rivals thriller in its pervasiveness. I yep. would say. Yep. Uh, so it's another one. Arguably the album of the '90s. I think a lot of people would say. Arguably, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm not sure what to pair this with. To me, it's like they, you know they're from Athens, Georgia. Yeah. It's southern. I'm thinking rum or whiskey or something like that again. <sighs> yeah, um, we'll have to give that some thought. I forgot. I, did we have anything written down for that? No, we didn't. Because I think it's a this tough one, one. Yeah, this one got shuffled around. A this little could bit. be like an old fashioned. That'd be good. Something refreshing. That would be good for I don't know that an old-fashioned necessarily matches R.E.M., but I feel like it does kind of match this album. Okay. 
Um, so but let's, let's go with that. We'll do, we'll do a little exploration. We'll kind of softly commit to old fashions for that. Yeah. And we'll do a little more research before we dive into the album, though, <laughs> as far as what the best drink would be. Yep. And that'll be next time on uh, on Record Time. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Oh, man. We're so grateful to you guys for uh, for giving us a listen. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy the music or if you enjoy us talking about it or both, let us know again on our uh, Facebook and Twitter. Please do. And if you find any good Joni Mitchell covers, Ooh. I'd like to, to check those out. I would love to be proven wrong, but I don't think I will be. Yeah. Speaking of Joni Mitchell covers, <laughs> here we go with another like excessive arrangement. <laughs> And I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. And we're not going to do them all this way. I think we'll just, you know, we'll figure out how to carve out each cover yep. as it works for each individual record. I had fun putting this backing track together um, and, you know, just just playing around. So, And it's a thrill to try and, uh, you know, uh, join into this music uh, to whatever extent uh, that I've, I've felt so close to for so long. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All right, here comes Help Me. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Crazy feeling and now I'm in trouble again I'm in trouble cause you're a rambler and a gambler And a sweet talking ladies man You love your loving Not like you love your freedom Yeah.